found it, the Japan What Podcast, coming at you from the back end of Tokyo. I'm your host, Matt Bigelow, and with me as always, this bi-monthly shingabadoo we doing is... 120, your local gaijin and black man here on the Japan What What Podcast. Yep, you're black, I'm white, we're like a cop buddy movie in the 1980s. Hey, hooch. I had an argument with my wife, and I'm driving around, and I see you on a street corner, and we have like this whole thing going on. Right, I'm Shaft, man. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Mr. Williams, I'm Robin Williams. Mr. Williams, the angry guy. <laughs> good to see <laughs> you again, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, good. So... Welcome again. This is uh, going to be we got we got a lot to do today, so this is going to be one hell of a podcast. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, Valentine's Day. Yeah, tell us about that. Well, you would not believe. So I got in this argument with my wife, nice. and then I met you on the street. And instead of having a romantic time with our families, we had this giant blockbuster esque Valentine's Day thing together, where we had to get back to our wives that were um, captured by um, Muslim terrorists. Wow. No, no, no. I went, um, I, I took my wife out to an Italian restaurant with, with my infant son. Nice, nice. Yeah. We went to Caesarea's. We had him on the uh, on the uh, on the podcast. Yeah, we recently. did a, we did an interview yeah. with him. Great interview, yeah. great interview. He's standing these days, stand a little bit, but it's crazy how time flies because he's four months old, and uh, you you don't see a couple, you don't see some people for a few months, and they're like, "How have things been?" And once you have a kid, you're just like, every day is a totally new experience. Right, my and, human is standing now. Yeah, exactly. And for for me, it's it's this intense like human experience but for them they're just like oh yeah he's standing that's cool See? yeah i literally have friends who've had like children and but i haven't seen them since the pandemic began so i'm like how you been they're like yeah you know our baby's uh walking around and picking up stuff now <laughs> like yeah. wow i didn't even it's, even it's crazy because in one year they're going to be talking they're going to be right. walking right they're, they're going to have like personalities it's a whole other party and they're like oh we're looking to get them into this daycare so that my wife can get back to work it's and, the toughest one but in Shibuya. yeah when we i when i was at the soft bank my one of the one of the vice presidents i was teaching there had yeah. a kid and the kid was like one or two years old, and his wife was trying to convince him to put their son into an English school that costs like $10,000 a year. That is insane. Two they could just hire old. me to come and do a dance. Yeah. You, know? and that, you would do it for 10 bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. Get the funny guys in to come yeah, and do something for your child. Around. But uh, yeah, so do you, have you ever been to Caesarea's? Do you know about Caesarea's? There is literally a Caesarea down the street from my house. And so whenever I want to make my wife laugh, I'll... You want to go get some Italian? Yeah. Yeah, it's got all the good did. stuff. They do a lot with what ingredients they have. They're like, you can mix and match it, you know? Yeah. I love it. I love it. I We had like 25 dishes and it cost $40. Right. You can go to Caesarea and just ball out, you know? You can, you're like a rapper when you go there, man. And I was in the uh, one of the Shinjuku downtown locations. So uh -huh. you just get a real weird mixture of people. It's like you're sitting next to a bunch of business people and you, you start eating and you look up and you're, it's replaced with like a bunch of Japanese poor ass hostesses right, who are like right, makeup right, and right. short skirts right. but they got rolls coming over their skirts you know, and, and, they're, and they all have louis vuitton bags yeah and they're tucking into like the cheapest bottle of magnum white wine you've ever knocking seen. it back it's man like 3 30 in the afternoon yeah i've definitely had my hair touched at size area oh oh yeah oh, oh yeah oh yeah that's kind of a douchey thing to do but uh unless they're hot if it's a hot woman she's like can i touch your hair You're it was like, a hot grandma you know hot granny <clears throat> 
she was the one. Uh, yeah, we got yeah, just anyway. So we did we did the Italian thing. Um, went back home. That's about it. Nice. Romance, but the thing about a place like Caesarius is that it's not bad food. Right, it's not bad food. It's and it's great for the value. Yeah, I was yeah, talking to my yeah. brother who lives in a small town in Canada, and he's saying like. The best thing we got out here is Boston pizza, which is like a domino style pizza. Okay. So, so you're going to this place called Caesarea's, which is cheap as, as chips for you. Right, right. But if that thing was over here, it would be one of the best restaurants in town. Man, I'd never even spent the kind of money you would spend at Caesarea on a regular basis for dinner until I got to Japan. Because everywhere where I'm from is like cheap, you know? And then my wife, she's from uh, uh, Azabajuban. So, oh, wow. you know, I'd take her to a place. So she's from, like, like, the top and you're from the bottom. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and she's like, yeah, this place is only 50 bucks a person. And I'm like, that's that's wow. that's that's intense for me. I've gotten used to that in the past few years since I started making more money and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it gets, like, it gets better. Right, but sure, 50, 60 bucks a night, whatever, yeah, I don't care. Not bad, right? It's yeah. not, it's, it, you can tell what the value is now. But for me, man, you know, like, I, I, I took her to one place she really wanted to go. Man, it was 210 bucks. And I just thought, like, wow. How does food cost this much? But then you taste it and you, you can't go back. You can't. I'm a bit spoiled now. Especially in Tokyo where the food is not bad. It's, it's not bad and the service is good and you don't get stiffed and it's clean. And the service, it's not friend. Right. It's, it's service. The, the, the cheapest place you can go to in, in Japan, you know, you walk around an area and you go to a place that's like 400 yen for a plate. It's going to be good. Gonna be good. It's gonna be good. You don't get bad food here. No, no way. So for what'd Valentine's- you do? What'd you do? Oh man, I, I uh, did you get some romance? Because uh, let me tell you, romance happened. Caesarea is a great place. Romance is not part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that because that's a good way to get a public nudity strike. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Romance is Caesarea. That's why they call it Caesarea because the size is there. Now I went. Um, I did. Uh, we didn't want to really put too much pressure on places uh you know as far as as far as uh you know having staff working during covid we didn't want to add to that too much so uh we actually did something at the house but we did like a restaurant style uh dinner um at our house and so we set up the table we set up candles and i actually made a facebook page for the restaurant, so to speak, that was at my house, and I invited her, and I made like nice. a, a Valentine's Day special. You can eat free if it's Valentine's Day, yeah. and you know we made each other's favorite meals, and then I would cook downstairs, and then I would be on video call with her while I'm up. She's upstairs; she'd be on video call with me, and then we switched places, and then we brought our dinners. We served it in courses, and um, then we spent the rest of the night having uh, quite a few bottles of wine. And uh, romance, and I uh, got her some chocolates, and uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a pretty good Valentine. Ah, oh, dude, I, I I got you know what I got for a gift? I spent uh, I spent I, I bought uh, two things. I spent about eighty bucks on it. It was well worth it. Nice. I bought a twelve pack of uh, Terrell's salt and vinegar chips, and I also bought uh, the Brambley Hedge complete collection. What's the Brambley Hedge? Oh man, you haven't read it. You, it's a story about these mice that live in this house. Oh yeah, uh, this tree, you know, and it teaches about family values, and it's just a really cool thing, you know. It's it's all about how the community is self sufficient, and it also <laughs> kind of uh, wakes you up to the evils of capitalism. So yeah, it's a pretty pretty good book. I think I think it's one that every child should read. 
And um, it's a part of her childhood, so I got that. And we we got fat on salt and vinegar chips and wine all day. Fucking amen. Yeah, you know, man. Saizaria is after the after the gourmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Saizaria is the gourmet. That's it. <laughs> That's the gourmet. In this they got these um, new the mutton grilled sticks over there now. Yeah. Right? I, oh, I get it every time. This is good. You They're tried good. the? Uh, have you tried the escargot? Yeah. I was really scared. You know, I'm from Brunswick, Georgia, man. I'm from the south, south. Like my friend has a cow, and um, I was really afraid to eat snails. They're really good. I they're, get them every time. They're tasty. Yeah. They're tasty little fellows. They also got um, the mussels, the grilled mussels oh, there. Man, it's like man. four bucks for six mussels. With that relish on top? It's so good. You can't beat that. Yeah, they got spicy chicken wings. I always go there and get everything I want. I'm like, oh, the bill's coming. And it's like 25 bucks. I know. And you're still half, like you're yeah. half cut. You're yeah. leaving yeah. With, like, yeah. with a belly full of food. You're like, like oh, I feel kind of guilty. The crust wasn't very good, but all that bacon on top certainly was. Right, 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 right. All the spinach and bacon, man. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Anyways, speaking of that, new product. Um, hold on a second. New product. <laughs> Lay it on me. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. <laughs> uh, this this thing keeps on switching on me, and I think I need to label it better. Oh, that was perfect. That was a perfect transition. Chewing gum flavored chips. Calbi t- collaborates with Latte on blueberry and ume gum flavors. Yeah, dude. I feel like every time you come on this show, you just you just pick stuff that you think I'd spend my money. Are you working for the agency? Yeah, shut <laughs> up and take my money, right? <laughs> Literally, this is this is the kind of stuff I would buy. That you that, know that gift from uh, from shut uh, up Futurama. and take my money. <laughs> yeah, just reaching in. Literally, man. I, I saw the champagne flavored. Uh, Kit Kats, and I bought like seven packs of them. My wife hates it. Not bad. The, yeah, I uh, eat that. The, the Japanese Sakura uh, uh, Nihonshu flavored Kit Kat was also pretty good. That was a couple of years ago. Japanese snack brand Kalbi has it had its share of surprisingly flavored t- uh, potato chips. However, their latest two flavors to come out are crazy. Blueberry gum and ume gum flavored potato chips. Um, I, I'm, I usually edit these stories, and this one just takes forever to get to the point. Actually, this kind of gets to me. This is by Grape Japan. And there's there's kind of like I, – I, I do a lot of writing professionally, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. what I do. Mm-hmm. And I try to condense and condense and condense and condense and condense until there's nothing extra. Right. And I don't want anything fancy in there unless it serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. Do I always do it perfectly? No, but that's my goal. But then there's the other type, which is also equally popular, mm-hmm. where you kind of you, you you try to boost it up. You you inject a bunch of extra details. Not you, but the writer. Right, right, the writer right. injects all these extra details right. and, and makes us do a double take and it invents all this kind of narrative. Right. But I, I just see these two bags of potato chips and I have to read 85 words to get to anything about them. And they keep on repeating the same thing over and over again. So Grape Japan, while it's totally legit, it's the type of writing I hate. And when I start reading it, I, my mind gets like, it feels like somebody is stomping on my brain full of garbagey worms. Can I just tell you that that kind of writing is meant for me? It gets to me. See? And that's why it, it gets I, I don't me. blame anybody for that. I'm Dude, not, I'm, I'm a snob, but I'm not trying to be a snob. I'm not trying to say right, this right, is illegitimate. Right, right, right. This right. just strikes me as the type of writing that it's like a, it's a, 
boot full of worms stomping on my brain. You don't need it. But I, I, I do enjoy the extra little tidbit. Like, I'm going to go. I have every intention, Matt, of, of leaving this place and going and looking for those chips. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm going to leave here and hit every kombini from here to Shinjuku Station and look for them. All right. Okay. I'll sell it to you. Blueberry <laughs> gum flavored potato chips. Mm. These chips recreate the sweet and sour taste of Latte's popular blueberry gum, which has been on the market since 1982, and the refreshing aroma of blueberries. Ume gum flavored potato chips. These chips recreate the refreshing Japanese flavor of plum and shiso from Latte's popular ume gum, which has been on the market since 1976. Each package contains 50 grams of chips and is currently set at an open price, although it is expected to be around 120 yen plus tax. And that's no mistake. You saw the word blueberry on the package and ume in the package next to it. For those who aren't familiar with it, it means Japanese plum. I'm looking at the packaging right now, and I just want to say that I think the ume flavor is probably a bit of a ripoff. It's a bit of a cop-out for people who want to have a fruit flavor. They're like, oh, this is ume, but like ume tastes the same no matter what you put it on. But the blueberry yeah. chips, though. Blueberry chips is, is bold. The blueberry, blueberry gum. Blueberry, yeah, blueberry gum chips. Like, how? This is going to taste like bubble gum and potatoes? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That sounds like a disgusting combination it if does. I were my wife. But... I am not. <laughs> so. I, I am American, and this sounds great to me. Garbage on garbage? Garbage on garbage? Give it to me. Can I put some cheese Whiz on top of that, <laughs> That's man? right. I'll oh mix it God. with some hot dogs. That actually does not sound bad. <laughs> cheese Whiz and hot dogs and blueberry. I remember potatoes. a lot of Americans. I haven't worked with Americans oh, for man. a long time, but it's kind of true. A lot of Americans just doesn't matter if you're left or right. Yeah, yeah. Just Pepsi. Coke, it's got garbage. It's got to be extra, man. You know, I, I had some um um uh, Panda Express. I, all the hype about the Panda Express out here, so I went and finally got some Panda Express, and it's not the same as the Panda Express in America. And here's my wife and I ate it, and here's what she said. She said that wow, this is great, but I don't think I'll be shopping at Panda Express again. I said why? She said there was too much sauce, and I said, huh, that's funny. The reason why I won't be going there because there wasn't enough sauce on it. I wanted more sauce. It's covered in orange chicken sauce. That's insane. Yeah, man. I love sauce. Let's get to some Japanese news before we get off into the weeds here. Let's do it. We're going to get off into the weeds. I'm all for that. Oh, yeah? Let's get off in them. I usually don't do economy stories. This is just a very quick, less than a minute long thing coming up to us from uh, NHK. Hmm. There's a number of economic data out of Japan on Wednesday. Export numbers rose for a second straight month amid strong demand from China and the rest of Asia. Preliminary trade data from the Ministry of Finance showed January exports climbed more than 6% in yen terms from the same month last year. Shipments to China surged nearly 38% as customers there snapped up chip-making machinery and plastics. Chip-making machinery and plastics up 38% Wow, year on year. But listen to this next part. But it was a different story in other major markets. Shipments to the U.S. declined almost 5% as it bought fewer aircraft components and auto parts. Going green. Exports to the European Union dwindled 1.6% as demand for cars skidded. The overall value of Japan's imports (laughs) dropped 9.5% due to lower crude oil prices. So there's all that as well. So imports are down. That also makes sense. Lower import, I'm not sure about that, but that's insane. Yeah, should I start buying green initiative stocks now? Probably. uh, SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, 
and um, uh, looking at the ones that are especially pushing for um, equity mm, in, mm, in, mm. in their in their in their boardrooms, uh, because that's going to lead to a whole bunch of are arguing and, and they will all uh, collapse. But what we're seeing here could be a shift from American hegemony to Chinese hegemony in terms of trade. Last year, when it came out that the Wuhan virus or whatever you want to call it, it's not racist to anybody else yeah, who's yeah. F- not from America yeah. or Canada. Um, it's still called that in many parts of the world. Um, we can call it the COVID-19 for those who are now going, actually, actually, actually. It has to be politically correct. Yeah, um, even though we can call it the South African variant. Right. <laughs> right. We can call it that, but that's not. But we can't call it the Wuhan. Okay. Anyways. Oh, I get it. Um, everybody was. It's. Oh, so, my God. Even though all of these bad things came from China in the past year. Right. right. The lockdown strategy. Um, the cover-up of the virus at, virus at first, um, locking down Wuhan but allowing trade uh, flights to go out through the rest of the world. And still, this is where the business is at. Right. While at the same time, America is going down. This is a very... I'm not sure if this will continue because we don't know if like Biden's going to get in there and be like, well, we need Japan's exports. We need, we need their Toyota cars. Right. We need these, but I don't really see that happening. So I'm wondering if this, this indicates some sort of pivot in in global hegemony in terms of trade might shift to be, to be the leading global power. They want to be. I mean, they are fully capable. The the only thing is, is, is their military. I mean, but, then, Their navy is now more powerful than any other navy in the region. Well, it's with a, with more capability in their ballistic missiles. And, and okay, yeah, now you're talking about stuff language. like that. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I was going to say, and they also have they have a a production line for aircraft carriers. I was going to say there there there. It was the technology that was that was that was what we had as America. But now now that you're saying their their technological uh, capabilities. And and they're actually the, the power that they have is is kind of exceeding what America yeah. has now. This is, and they also make the chips for a lot of uh, U.S. military components. Of course, of so course. that's an advantage of right course. there. That's soft power, man. Japan got very, that down very, to the science. Very, yeah, so the, that's that's a huge aspect of it. I also think that the American strategy for the past twenty years of focusing on the Middle East, mm. which is not like it's it's dirt and nothing. Like why? It's, you know? it's it's desert. There and might be oil over there. It, it's, well, it's, whereas China's just been focusing on next gen technology, sucking yeah. all of the world's technology through yeah. Hong Kong, putting yeah, it yeah, behind yeah. a firewall and 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 a and a, and a country that's close to the mo- rest of the world for the most part, and just spending hundreds of billions of dollars a year and recruiting the brightest and best minds throughout the country year after year after year to engineer these latest technologies. And when they focus on one thing, like trains or ships or ballistic missiles, and in these days, telecommunications, they really have an edge. And there's a demand for it as well. We need this technology. The United States has been cutting China off from semiconductors, not semiconductors, but chips, chip making. Mm. Uh, They want to make their own chips. And Japan has some of that best technology as well as Taiwan. So we're going to see if perhaps... The Chinese companies can re-engineer some I of those think, production lines. I think this is a pivot. 
Yeah, because there's more than just this going on. I, I read in the BBC News that there's actually uh, the, the UK is going to uh, introduce a new visa. Well, actually, it should it should actually be already out because it was uh, at the end of January. It was supposed to happen. There is a new visa that would give 5.4 million uh, people from Hong Kong uh, a 70 percent, and that's that's 70 percent of the population, right? In uh, China, they would have the right to come and live in oh, the UK, no. yeah, and, be, and become and, and become citizens. Yeah, there's a huge amount of know-how. Uh, Japan was also kind of mulling that idea if they could imp- if they could recruit a whole bunch of Hong Kong bankers trying to run away from Beijing yeah. into Japan and then put them into like a international investment fund to secure uh, more dominance outside of a Japanese style strategy. That was that's, also being discussed. Uh, that's a that's by a by the HK. A I, I think ago. I think this is a pivot, and I think you know no one wants to acknowledge it, but America's slipping. It really is. But COVID really drove the nail in the coffin. I think that, and this is a veteran and an American, you know, speaking from my point of view, having worked with the government, um, I, I think that that COVID was not a good thing, and I don't think the last presidency uh, handled it as well as, as as well as we could have. And I think, um, you know, if there was any time that we we should have been on our game, it was then. But I also it was think also this divided at the same coming. time. It wasn't as if. The American left and right were united to right. fight against any type of right. thing that wasn't. This was total civil war going on. Exactly. It's essentially what it was. It was yeah. civil war, you know. I have very little confidence, actually. Mm. I hate the word actually. My confidence in American internationalism right now is very low. And I don't just mean that in terms of fighting wars in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. I mean they're actual they're actual. They're they're their current capabilities of managing growing economies that mm-hmm. are setting off on their own ways mm-hmm. very much outside of what the United States would have done in the past. You know, right, instead right. of leading the leading the the fight for whatever that America did before, right, right. a lot of people right now are just kind of looking at what's going on. It's like you said that white people are bad and old people were bad and you elected an older, whiter male. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's it, that sends a weird signal, and now you're impeaching the guy, even though he's not in there, right? And to Americans, that might be like, yeah, we have to do this. Yeah, wait, let's but get it. To but- the rest of the world, you're just like going, wait a minute, you, why? Yeah, where's the strategy? What's you know, going on, where's guys? the strategy? That's yeah. it. You know, and I think you know, I I I'm not questioning the American government's. Uh, you know, I'm not questioning I their sure ability am. to make decisions. Well, I'm remaining neutral. All right, <laughs> but but you know, I'm not questioning America's ability to make these decisions. But what I am questioning is what that looks like outside of America. Yeah, you I, know, I, I totally understand that within the country they can do whatever they want. Right. However, at the same time, there's this whole push for America to lead the charge for right. A, B, C, or D. Right. I'm right. not really seeing it at the moment because every time from now moving forward. America leaves America and goes somewhere else. Yeah, they're going to yeah, be exporting yeah. that that left versus right race war type mm, of thing that's mm, going on in mm. America right now. I kind of go, I'm not sure if I want that exported into my life. You at know, the moment. and that's and that and it's even in Japan now. It, it's even in Japan because we 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 well we partially put put together their constitution. Yeah, so. You know, it, it's just, it's just, it's just going to be very interesting. Uh, the time that we live in in the next twenty to thirty years, what's what the world is going to look like? I will be in Tokyo. Me too. I plan on staying here. Um, let's take a look at this next topic. And where's? 
can never find these things. Here we go. It's time for everybody's favorite topic, the Olympics. Mm. We're excited about them because we're forced to be. We begin with some breaking news on the Olympic front. The organizing committee panel has pegged the minister for the Tokyo Games to succeed the embattled committee chief. Sources say the panel is likely to ask Hashimoto Seiko, 56, to replace Mori Yoshiro. She is also a seven-time Olympian. Mori offered to step down last week in the wake of a public backlash over remarks seen as demeaning to women. The panel of four men and four women had agreed on five qualities required of the new president. There is no word yet from Hashimoto on whether she will accept the request. There we go. So this guy basically said, man, when we have Mori, the ex-prime minister of Japan, who was 83 years old and heading the Tokyo Olympic Games for some reason... Mm. He was just one time he was like, man, these women talk a lot. We should give them time limits. And that's kind of a stupid thing to say, but I don't, and he should resign. But we didn't see this huge amount of outrage in Japan. Mm. The media was like, a lot of media were like, how dare this? It's outrage. But most of people in Japan were just like, yeah, this guy's just old. What did you think he thought? Get him out of there. Right, right, right. But there hasn't been this massive backlash inside the country i can understand people being angry but i haven't seen i haven't seen like I've, this this like, uprising yeah, about it you I, know? I saw a, a picture of a protest and there was like five people they look borderline homeless this is like the first time hearing of it you know? yeah I, I think it's just a i think it's just a an instance of someone being in power for a long time and i think maybe he just didn't you know care so much yeah. what he was saying I mean, he, he's I think known that's for just, gaffes he even was yeah. like yeah these are great these women really know what they're doing and right. they, they know they're aware of the positions they hold they just talk a lot yeah <laughs> yeah like, dude yeah why, why would you say that it's like i mean you have to you can never it's like when you're at work you know and you get too familiar with your boss and then you say something and he's like what'd yeah. you say what'd you say Nandatoli, you know and then you're fired yeah. you know um i think it's the same i don't rule. shove a dildo up my wife's ass what we're going to have to review that. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you, you just have to be careful when Going you're in this kind early. of position, you know? Uh, you you can't you can't I don't think you can joke around if you're the prime minister. I mean, if you're going to joke around, it better be scripted. Yeah, indeed. So, I thought that was fun, but I don't really see anybody excited about this Olympics. I I, I haven't heard any buzz. They're like, will it happen? Right. And, and the the head of the IOC is like, we will hold the Olympics as a symbol that the world has beaten the novel coronavirus. And everybody is like, we're not allowed to go anywhere. Why is everybody coming here? Right. That's kind of the reaction for the street. I mean, we didn't celebrate after uh, freaking dengue was over. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know, I feel like this is just a, a way to promote the the Olympics. Yep, me too. But what do I know? What do I know? So that, those are, those were the news. Um, the news is... The newses Dude, of the weeks. I found this is not about Japan, but this is a website where I'm gonna kind of point my computer towards you. Right now we're listening to a radio station in Russia. It sounds like we're listening to a radio station in Russia. But this is from a website called Radio Garden. And this this displays, let's turn that off. This displays on a map of the world. Okay. Radio stations 
in green dots. So it's like a Google Google Earth globe. And oh, there's no radio stations in Antarctica. Yeah, not yeah. yeah. Maybe that's where we should start the next podcast. We should. But you can you can go to any country in the world, zoom in on it, and tune in live to the radio stations there. That's insane. So let's go to this one. We were just in Russia. This one is uh, like the Jamestown, one- St. Helens. <laughs> this is in the middle of the uh, Atlantic Ocean. Are people just partying out there? I don't know what they're doing. It's kind of interesting, though. I feel like there's just like the one guy at the radio station, you know? I was in, I was looking at some of these radio stations deep in the Amazon the other day. This is in Peru. That's kind of boring. But I was listening to some great ska. This is Amazon. <laughs> this is Peru. Is this what's on the radio there? Yeah, this, this is live radio that I'm just clicking on a global map of. Right. And it tunes into that radio station yeah, and yeah, plays yeah. it. Oh, this is great. This is in Ecuador. This is live radio from Ecuador. Wow. The real underground sounds of Ecuador brought to you live by the Japan What Podcast. Choose a country, man. I love this. What about uh, somewhere in South Africa? South Africa. Let's go to South Africa. What are they listening to out there? Let's go to Durban. Let's go to Durban, man. Durban Turban. Wow. This area of South Africa has a huge Indian population. Let's go to another place in South Africa. What about uh, Botswana? Where is Botswana? Ah, let's... We can go... I know it's south. This is Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, wow. This is Zambia. Will it tune in? Okay. That's that's Zambia. Yeah, huh. this is this is live from Zambia. <laughs> wow. This this is called Radio Dot Garden. That's insane, man. I'm surprised that the like the reception is this clear. Right, right, right. Because mm-hmm. I heard one there earlier that had like absolutely no bass in it. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, what's this called? It's called uh, Radio Radio Garden. That's it. How'd you find that? Il doit la transformer. Il doit la transformer. Specific. Somebody recommended it. That's insane. I've never seen anything like that. This is if it tunes in. I don't want to spend too much time, but I just thought it was kind of cool that there's this... We're kind of getting a lot of talk radio today, but... Well, where's this? Rwanda. Hey, oh, Nicki Minaj just pop it in Rwanda. That's the host. Oh, I love it. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. I love that. It's so meta. Oh my god. That's what we are hipsters. This is what we listen to. I know. We don't listen to actual radio stations. We just go on like this global map. We listen to radio in Zimbabwe with people screaming in Indian to Nicki Minaj. <laughs> I love it, man. Thailand has a lot of talk. But let's go to Nepal. Talk radio is big tonight. I was listening to so much music last night. I love how I had like Final Fantasy music going in the background. You can tell an ad anywhere, any language in the world. This music sounds like a background music to like Diddy Kong Racing or something. It's like Mario Kart. Failed to load. But that's insane that there's that many. Nepal. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Anyways. So, Nepalese food makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> you like a spicy curry? Yeah. Burn your freaking face off, man. Uh, Nepalese curry is great, by the way. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, there, that's the best kind of curry place in, in, in my uh, hometown where I live at. Okay. Next, we're going to take... Uh, I've been, I'm interested in AI. I studied a lot about AI. Yeah, we haven't touched on AI lately. This one is called IVA. Okay. This one is um, artificial intelligence some sort of artist, virtual artist, and you can make music in, and it will just make music and it will be completely, completely original. So I'm going to click on create track. I've okay. done this before, but they've had some new additions and we have some new listeners that are tuning in these days. Like what kind of, what do you, what do you do to create the music? The, no, the AI makes the music. So I'm going to click on lo-fi because we've been listening to lo-fi music recently. Right. I'm going to click on, um, let's say, thir- less than 30-second tracks. Okay. And I'm going to click five tracks. Okay. And I click create your tracks. And now you can see that it's making the tracks. So it was the same input, but all the tracks will be different from each other. Wow. And depending on which, what you can add some things like I want more horns or I want this do-do-do. And uh, depending on like the reception that we have, because we're on uh, public Wi-Fi here, it'll just take some time to, to make, make the these track more tracks. horny, Matt. So yeah, we <laughs> get that read in my sacks. <laughs> I need a forearm, but sure. Um, we'll wait for that to come in. But I just thought it would be interesting to see how this technology is progressing because they use neural networks, right? Which which. And, and probably um, GANs, Generative Adversarial Networks, which is two AIs on top of each other. One AI has a data bank and the other one doesn't. And the one starts sending inputs to the data bank uh-huh. and the data bank will, will feed back to the original one. You put me on some crazy shit. And it doesn't, it couldn't be, it could, it could also be images. Mm. Like if it's just a bunch of plants, this secondary AI will learn to make completely original plants without any help from humans. But if you could also put in a whole bunch of um, city pop songs, for so example. It's like, so you, you can just plug and play with that. Like you can, if it, it could be recipes. Yes, that's right. It could be. And they do that. They do that. They, they, they try to find um, uh, crazy things that seem unrelated mm. with the AI that mm. could be related depending on some sort of flavor palating. That's cool. I've seen like a very rudimentary version of that where it was like, what's in your fridge? And you just tell them what you have in your fridge and then it would like just have a recipe yeah. for you. But I think that's more of a database thing. And what you're talking about is far more advanced and sounds far more accessible. 
Yeah, dude. Well, unfortunately, it's not making the tracks. What do you well. think this means for artists out there trying to create their own sound? Well, it means that people are going to start doing it themselves, and they're not going to need as many artists as they used to be. Or if I, if I was going to make a short film mm-hmm. or whatever, people don't do that much anymore. Mm-hmm. If I needed a band, I would need to get them to record, and it would cost a whole bunch of money. Right. Or I could just right. pay this website 15 bucks. Download eighty mega eighty gigabytes worth of music and right. then just put it right. into my. So movie. You, you have to. It's a paid service then. This one's free, but I'm not technically licensed to use it. I, I, I was going to ask you about so that. Like, what's licensing. up with the licensing? Yeah, right, so right. You, depending on what you're doing and how much storage you need, mm-hmm. you would pay them a licensing fee or a monthly subscription fee. I see. To access their technology, in a sense, mm, mm, mm. the technology makes completely new and original music. Right. So no one has that. Use that. No, they, then they can't be reproduced because. It's not like it's selecting like different patterns and putting them together. It's actually it, creating it, a melody. It creates the melody using right. a neural network. Right. So right. the the thing about a neural network is that it's not like a binary system mm-hmm. where it's a one and a zero, one right. and a zero, yes or no. Right. It looks at correlations. Right. And it will think like, okay, so if if two plus two equals four, then four plus four equals eight. Then you do it again with a different neural network, and it will go two plus two equals four. But four times four equals sixteen. So see. it'll find like a different correlation between those things. I see. So you can I input see. the same thing, and it will output totally different. It'll mechanisms. just it'll think differently, basically. Yeah. And oh, that's why it's called a neural network. That's right, because it operates like a brain. Yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah, that that's actually how humans operate. Yeah. Which is scary and fascinating at the same time. So let's let's see if this one came through. We'll see if it works. Come through, girl. But this was just made right now. The whole thing was made right now. It's only a 30-second thing. It's not very long. But this is the next one that was made with the exact same inputs. Don't want to fight you again. I know you're tired. That sounds like a good saxophone, though, right? That saxophone never existed. And it sounds like a reed. And it resolved at the end. Wow. That sound, it sounded like someone playing that. You were singing. You're doing some overlay. This is the third one. Same inputs. So this is the third track. Same inputs. This sounds good. And it's lo-fi. Yeah. This is actually good. This is good. Then I wanted more. Yeah, you can set them for like minutes, three right. minutes, five minutes, right. just because of the podcast. This is the fourth one. This is AI making the music. Humans had nothing to do with it. And I made it live. I didn't make it live. I ordered it live on demand while we're recording this podcast. That's insane. And they're so different from each other, but you could put this in the background somewhere and it would sound good, just like we're doing it now. And it would be Uh, natural. Yeah. If this was like crappy MIDI music, I would probably edit this part out of the podcast, Mm -hmm. but I'm Mm going to keep it because let's go to track five. Imagine you're flying over a cloud and you wonder Where's my peanut butter? Now, peanut butter on demand. 
Streaming peanut butter live. In your mouth. So two years ago, <laughs> this section didn't exist. That's insane. And they keep adding and adding and adding and adding it, adding to this, this features. And there's so many different styles that you could make. That would scare me if I wasn't there's a vocalist. There's synthwave, there's big room, there's right. orchestral, right. Um, there's pop, heavy rock and things like that don't really work. Jazz kind of does sometimes. Uh, but a lot of this stuff, it like it totally, it totally works. Let's just do one more trap pop and then we'll move on. Ooh, trap. And this, yeah. So it's, it's circling. It's halfway done. The other ones, I don't know what happened, but we're, it's basically some server somewhere located somewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. I push the button on my computer some random yes. thing in a factory in a warehouse right. somewhere working. whirs into life. It's working. Makes this song, sends it back over the over the over the over the wireless networks into this computer. I, I like just want to know what it's like to be the security guard at that place. Boring as hell because you don't get to hear any of this. Right. All you hear is. Oh, I came on. It scares the hell out of the guy. You know, <laughs> I was on my smoke break, man. <laughs> It's not very good, but it's in time. It sounds like the underwater level on like a, on like a platform. Does, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, I didn't have enough time to finish this video. I'll yeah, just use yeah, this yeah. song. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll outro with that. Okay. That's not bad. It's definitely the underwater level though. Yeah, yeah. This is- it's not very good. Um, oh, man. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. Not bad at all. Oh, that's good. Okay. Little chord progression there. Oh, this is a two minute long song, so it's kind of longer and getting to the point. Dynamics? This is this is such an underwater level, man. <laughs> Anyways, we don't just need to listen to the whole thing, but from time to time, I like looking into this program because yeah. it runs on NVIDIA technology. Really? It's, it's AI. It's totally done all by itself you you make five songs with the same input mechanism right you get five completely different things back and just as i demonstrated today this was all done in real time this is like the dot io engine version of of, of music making you know the uh, the dot io games they have yeah 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 it's, it's like that because I, I i'm i'm i think those games are made probably with the same engine because they all operate the same way? It's generative adversarial networks. Yeah. It's incredible technology. It, it removes the thumbprint and therefore the copyright uh, law based on uh, that. Mu- that's holding music back in many ways right now. Because you yeah. can't just use a song. You'll have l- lawyers from the music industry coming. Crawling up your ass. Crawling man. up your ass. But yeah, with this way, you're just like, it sounds real. It sounds better than what most people would do. And, yeah. I, and you know, if you, you needed need. a whole bunch of microphones and processing equipment to get rid of the the noise room and all that. Yeah. There's no noise room in what we just heard. No, there's nothing. There's nothing. It's and it's in time, it's in tune. It's right there. And it sounds good. Sounds better than what I would normally hear at an open mic. Uh, sounds better than when you like first op- open up Fruity Loops and you try and like put up <laughs> Yeah, dude. Oh man. So what do you got, man? Oh man, I got a few things for you. Um so one I guess I guess uh one of the important things I had was uh, based on a conversation that I had today with a buddy, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, um, yeah, now you know, I'm trying to be an artist," and he's been saying that for years, right? And he says, "I'm trying to be an artist, but uh, you know, I just, 
you know, she can't get it off the ground, man. But then the guy has done several things that you probably should not do as a musician. And I think that uh, a big part of, of, of when people want to become an artist or when people want to do it in this day and age is they don't know where to start. So I have a few points, three points that I, I think that you need to be an artist in 2021. All right. 2021. All right, let's, and these, uh, let's art. And these, and these points apply to anything creative. So first, I think um, you actually need to get out there and perform, which sounds obvious, but a lot of people, here's, here's, what, here's what a lot of people do, right? And I, you, you and I both know guys like this. They'll work on it and work on it and work on it. And you hear from them that they are working on music. However, when you look on the internet and you type in their name or you look on their social media, there's nothing. Yeah. Or there's like one blurry picture of them in the bathroom. Right. Um, and so that's one thing is if you're an artist, but you have a page with a bunch of posts on there about like Jesus or about like, you know, pictures of your dog, then, you know, someone's going to look at your page and they're going to think, oh, this guy is Christian and he owns a dog. And that's great to be that. But if you're going to use your personal page as your artist page, then you need to clean it up and actually make it look like you're an artist. So that's one thing is that's getting out to, there yeah, and doing important. it and actually yeah. being, especially on social media, doing it. You know, if you dance, you know, make videos of you dancing, go out on the street and dance. You know, it's embarrassing, but that's what we have to do in order to be noticed as artists. And if you're doing a particular thing that requires people watching you and that relies on people looking at you, then it's even more so important that you you get out there and, and you do it where people can see it. Doesn't matter if it's good. People like to see development. That, I'm doing that right now. I'm trying to do a selfie with like podcasting gear. Matt's old. He doesn't know how to use cell phones. So that <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding, buddy. You're 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 young and you're young and uh, chomping at the bit. Wow. So <laughs> and uh, so that leads into my second point, which is developing an audience, which is is something that will automatically happen if you're out there doing your thing. So. Another thing that I see artists do, and, and my friend is guilty of doing this, is they'll constantly take down their stuff and put it up again and take it down and put Ooh, it up again. Bad, bad, you bad, know? bad, bad. Unless they're tweets. In, 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 unless they're like tweets, embarrassing stuff, you know, you don't want people yeah. to see. But yeah. in my case, right, I've recently taken down everything off of my Instagram and I've put, you know, I've started posting in a new way. That being said, I've had Instagram since Instagram came out. And my Instagram was full of a bunch of pictures of like, BS sure. that had nothing to do with music. And there's Instagram changes. And it you should also you got to you got to follow the algorithm, it. right? You yeah. got to update oh, it. Yeah. So so for me, I took it down and I put everything up because I wanted to rebrand and come out swinging hard. And so I have a professional photographer that takes all of my photos, and so now they all look like that when someone comes to my page. That being said, you cannot take down your Instagram or take down whatever your social media or wherever it is, even if it's performances, you can't just suddenly stop and start and stop and start and stop and start and expect people to follow you, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is. You got to keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. People like to see you growing. Yeah. People like to see growth. So, you know, it's okay if you post a crappy dance video of you learning how to dance. That's fine. You know, when you make it, then someone can say, yeah, man, I knew, I knew Matt Bigelow back when he didn't know how to sing. And now he's a great singer. And people can hear you and see 
the struggle and they've seen the work that you've put in to get to the point and people can really appreciate it. I think if you suddenly pop out of nowhere and suddenly you have like great quality video, and I see this all the time, right? I see an artist that has great quality music, but has absolutely no following whatsoever Yeah, because, you know, they've often sat on that music and they've sat on what it is that they do. And I'm not saying it's wrong, Yeah, but in order for the algorithm to notice you, in order for you to be noticed on social media, you need to cultivate an audience. If you want to get into that aspect of social media that's mm. exactly what you need to do you need to cultivate an audience it's more important than ever in the age of COVID-19 which leads into my next point which is social media engagement so you're doing your thing you're out there you're performing you're posting videos of you dancing or doing whatever it is you do you're working on your craft you've developed an audience but you're posting and no one's checking out your stuff why you know I see profiles like this all the time they have 100,000 followers, and they post a picture, and only like 15 people are commenting on it. It's dodgy. It's dodgy, right? So it's either paid or either they aren't engaging with their audience. And and an audience like that tends to have a high turnover. They tend to just follow you. And then, you know, because they're your buddy, they follow you and they never engage. Social media engagement is so important in this day and age. You know, you can't just post a picture and then watch everybody check it out and comment on it. You need to... Hey man, thanks for your comment on my photo. Hey man, check up, make sure you check out my next thing, calls to action. You know, on my posts, I always say, hey, new picture. I put my funny quote and then I say, by the way, I've got this new project, which I actually do have, a project called Too Deep, which was released on pre-release in 2000, uh, on uh, the 14th of uh, February, Valentine's Day, and it will be up for sale on the 22nd. So exactly how I plug that right there, you need to be plugging that stuff on your social media when you post when you comment, when you tweet, it needs to be something in there, every other message, every other big post that tells someone what to do. If they really support you, they'll go, they'll check it out. I've seen explosive growth on my uh, social media engagement, uh, and I think that it's super important that you engage with people, you talk to them, you inbox them, and you support other artists. Engagement is not just about engaging with the people who support you. It's also about engaging with your competition. Yeah. Your buddy posts, you did a collaboration with the guy. Your buddy posts something. 2021 should be the year of of sharing your peers. Yeah. You got to share your peers. You have to mix it in there. Like I I literally on my, um, the 120 Facebook page, right? I have a fan page. And on that page, I constantly cycle old projects that I did. And then I sprinkle the new projects in there. And a lot of times what I find is that I hit people that I didn't get the first time, people who didn't see it the first time, but who want to support and they want to check out the new stuff. And it's, you know, on whether or not you want to check it out, but just because it's in front of their face and it's, hey, remember this old project that I did with such and such? Remember this old Matt Bigelow podcast? Well, here it is if you didn't see it. Social media engagement is a big part. I think those three things uh, will help anyone, whether it's art, whether it's digital media, whether it's you're doing a pantomime routine, it doesn't matter what it is. You need to get out there. You need to perform and let people see you. Don't sit on your act. You need to develop an audience. And that means continuing to post, get out there, perform, get out there and do your thing. And you need to engage with your fans, whether it's on social media, whether it's in person, engaging with people, all three of those things will help take you to the next level. Awesome. I agree. Sorry. When about 10 years ago, or when I was doing a lot of shows, even five, six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. social media was important, but since then it's become much more important, I would say. 
because everybody's on their phones. Like eight, seven, eight years ago, people were on their phones, but it was you'd put down your phones when something else happened. Right. But right. now the phone and then and the experience are very intertwined with each other. So you kind of have to have like an augmented reality, real-time version of yourself phones inside are, of social media. Dude, phones are an extension of our self. <laughs> phones are almost a body part right now, I think. Uh, my people. little brother has all always known having an iPad. That's all he's ever known. Yeah. His entertainment is the iPad. He and learns it sounds from the crazy iPad. to a lot of people, but I radio existed before I was born. Yeah, it's it's like a we all books, listen to the radio. You know? Yeah, there were not books, and then there were books, and suddenly everyone was walking around with a book. Here, that's where you yeah, learn from. They don't even know. Yeah, when I when I grew up, I didn't even know what a book was. You know, I got a book in my book bag right now. I have a book here. Actually, I'm reading about dragons. It's good. So you said that you have this song too deep. Yeah. What's yeah. going on there? Uh, so that song is essentially uh, something that I think all of our creators out there understand, and it talks about uh, themes of where you basically put in a lot. You grind and you do your thing um, as a musician or an artist, a creator, and 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 how once you get to a point. I'm 31, and I don't plan on stopping uh, creating music. Uh, you know, doing photography, doing film. I've I've been blessed and fortunate enough to be able to make a little bit of money off of it, make a living off of it. So I. Uh, in particular, I see the growth here and working together with my team. I, I see that this is something that you need to put work into every single day. And it's it's not if, – if I've seen a lot of people quit just too soon before everything paid off. And I think it's very important for you to keep your head about yourself and for you to continue pushing. So that's what that song is about. It's just saying, you know – you know, I've been I've been doing this, and I'm in too deep. I've spent a lot of money. Yeah, me too. On on promoting my music and promoting my film and studio time and doing all these things. And I think if that's what you love, spend your money on it. Let's listen to Too Deep by Michael One Twenty on the Japan What Podcast. Oh, we go. It's gay to be on a beat, bitch. Woke up early in the morning. In the morning. Just for fun Say you wanna move with the merchant It's not worth my time Cause I've been on my grind Don't you sleep on me Cause the money don't sleep And I'm in too deep Cause I've been on my grind Don't you sleep on me Cause the money don't sleep And I'm in too deep Now we take trips over oceans it ain't too bad. I stay low with my shades on. Nigga ain't a man. Good vibes on the wave on the ocean. I'm a down south lad. I know you feel my energy. And I want it right back. Cause I've been on my grind. Don't you sleep on me. Cause the money don't sleep. And I'm in too deep. Cause I've been on my grind. Don't you sleep. I know you feel that From the country you can catch me where to feel that Pillin' me an apple but they'd rather see me pill caps Man it's hard to open up like a pill cap Light skinned but I'm still black Grew up where them niggas grip the steel lab And if they ain't got it then they gon' steal that If you tryna link then put your money where your grill at 
That was Too Deep, produced by Cameron DeVell, uh, awesome producer who I'm working with. Sounds good. Sounds great. And uh, that was actually him on the end of the verse, and he's in America, and we're kind of talking about the similar, you know, the, the same themes that, you know, man, they don't want to see us win, but um, that's okay. We do it. Oh, yeah. well, we do it for you. How about this? You've already won. Well, <laughs> think about it that way. That's what it is. We do it for you. So yeah, that was too deep. Uh, videos coming out for that soon, and um, it's out on presale everywhere right now. And uh, we're gonna drop it on Spotify very soon on the twenty second. Some of those breaks were perfectly timed, uh, and in a way that wasn't like predictable. So uh, I would be like, "Oh, it breaks," and then the rap starts, and I'm like, "Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's good." You know how I think about my rapping. I think, so I'm a pianist. I come from piano. And I think about, you know, so I actually like, I started piano before I started a rap. I actually came from opera. So people are like, yeah, what's your timing about, man? I'm actually not even thinking about rap as like a, a rap. I'm thinking about it as my voice is an instrument. That's how I think about it. I think about it in piano terms. Cool, man. Yeah, man. Dig it. So that was Too Deep. Can people find that online yet, or are we, we breaking an exclusive here on the podcast? This is an exclusive on the podcast, but if you would like to show a little bit of support, it is available on pre-sale. Uh, we will actually be posting the links once we have the podcast out. So yeah, go check it out. And as always, look me up on Spotify. Sweet as. Yeah, I keep on um, thinking of like, the twenty minute mark, we're gonna do some promo, and then we just start flowing. We don't even get to it. It's because you know? the flow is. It's because the synergy is so good, man. Yeah, it's, it's the way it is. So don't forget to uh, go to MatthewPMBigelow.com. Uh, look up the podcast on all your favorite podcasting streams. We're um, on the on the on the way to becoming part of Podcasting Two Point uh, a new distributed technology that prevents the RSS feeds from being gobbled up by major tech companies and keeps podcasting reproducing in the pipelines Woo-hoo. where it needs to be. Yeah, I got uh, one more thing for you guys. All right, if I can drop that on you. Uh, of course. How, how much time do we we, we got? Like a we got a few minutes. We got a few we, minutes I think here. we can fudge the old studio timing here. Yeah, can we can and, we do the we'll, fudge? We did fudge? it before. We'll see if we can do it again. Yeah, man. All right. Okay, so I wanted to drop my camera tip of the week on you guys, uh, and my camera tip of the week is how to make your photos look better, but you don't have better equipment. Right. What would you do, Matt? What would you do to make your photos look better? Oh, I'd probably go and buy some Kodak film. Yeah. That'll do it. But what if you don't, what if you can't afford Kodak film? All you have is your phone. Mm, I would probably um, use the contrast uh, filter on on my Instagram. I like that. I like that. And those are, and those are very good suggestions from Matt's thinking outside of the box. If you, uh, if you want to take it straight out of the phone and you think, I haven't put it on Instagram. I'm not using the contrast yet, uh, you know, and I can't afford film. Then I have a few ways with which you can make your photo look better straight oh. out of the camera. 
straight out of your phone. So the first way is to adjust the position of the subject. Sometimes you just might not be taking the picture in the best position. And that can be moving them to a different background. That can be, you know, moving them, having them sit down. They may look better sitting down or maybe they look weird sitting down. Have them standing up. So this isn't technology at all. It's not technology at all. You can actually, you, you apply these techniques, man, and you'll see a crappy camera get better. A lot of, most people do not bring the best out of their phones. They do not bring the best out of their cameras. They just think, hey, it's technology. It'll do all the work for this me. This is the way it's supposed to look. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know if, you, if you do a few things, you'll really bring the best out of that camera. Um, another way you can do that is adjusting the perspective of the camera itself. So instead of having the, you've moved your subject, you've got your guy in the best position, but maybe yeah. there's something covering you. There's shade in the way, so you just move the camera around a bit. You know, maybe take it from above. Angle, uh, angle, cam photos angled from above always look a little bit better. Um, and and that's one way you can uh, if you're a fat mess ass. with it, right? Right, like me. I mean, I have <laughs> yeah, right. I have breasts, zero percent now. Body fat. I've got mammary glands. Uh, and another way is to adjust the lighting. I prefer calling them memory can. glads. Memory glads. I like that. They yes. make me happy. They make me happy. My wife sure loves to squeeze them. Um, another way is if you adjust the lighting, uh, the lighting source. So, you know, that could be something as simple as uh, I see we're in a room here and, and, and the lights here look like they might be able to be rotated around. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to mean you're moving the light. You can also move in reference to the light. So you might want to move closer or further away to the light. And that will also help bring the best out of your camera. And finally, is using the uh, the natural lighting and light from other sources to your advantage, which is what I was talking about uh, just now is, is moving closer or further to the light. The one rule that you want to keep uh, in mind when it comes to a portrait or something like that is to keep the light at about a 45 degree angle to your face. And that would be at your front. So wherever you are looking, wherever your model is looking at, you want to make sure the light source is at a 45 degree angle for, for the, from their face. That could be the sun. Uh, it could be, you know, lighting from inside of the train. Wherever it is, the lighting is always going to be stronger somewhere. And you're going to want to be at a 45 degree angle to the strongest place where the light is shining. So, yeah, that's my camera tip of the week. Michael 120's camera tip of the week. I love that. Matt, you know me. Those are good tips. And a lot of a lot of people just will will put like they'll be in this nice place where they're making memories with their family. Right. And they 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 point their camera into the sun. Right. And then <laughs> put their family behind like right. a bush right. with a shadow. You know. And, and like next to a very bright window, right, right. Uh, those are all things that could be used to make a great photo. You're just—it's like walking right into dog shit, right, my friends. Right, you—you you, you, just—you just have to move around, just play with the variables a little bit. You know, people ask me all the time, "How'd you get that good photo out of your phone?" It's simply—it's simply adjusting—it's simply adjusting the 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 surroundings. Yeah. Looking at what you got and then zeroing in on the maximization. Controlling the circumstances, yeah, right? That's, circumstances. that's all it is. That's all it is. I see people take photos. They're like, I got the new Galaxy S10. And the photo looks like crap. I'm like, how are you even getting like that bad of a photo out of that phone? Like, how are you doing that? It's, you got to work to make it. You know what it is? 
most people are actually not artists and they just feel like they should be. So this technology gives them access to the feeling of being an artist without being an artist themselves. And that's Mr. Snobby Pants talking at the end of the podcast here. Man, this came, I'll show you, this photo came out of my phone. That's amazing. Okay, <laughs> because you, you, you positioned it yeah. where the camera is looking at the light. It's positioning. It's a little bit of messing with the colors and things. But and those f-stop. These these photos are coming out of my phone, man. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're 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 really making that. I'm a photographer. We got a lead out of the podcast. Let's do it. We're gonna. I I recorded this jam a few years ago, and I've been messing around with compression. Mm, jams are sticky. And yeah, that's why this one's called Banana Fingers. I love it. I, that was the perfect segue. This is done with no rehearsal. I'm on drums. My friend Nicholas Faragoon is on guitar. Right. And he put this banana effector on his guitar. And this is what happened. This is this is all live, no planning. And the idea is to communicate with music. That's it. That's where I ended it. Why did you do that? Because it was a 20-minute long jam. I have blue balls now, man. Why did you do that, man? <laughs> I know. Now I'm just upset. I'm just because kidding. that's where he switched the effector on the guitar, and it got yeah. rid of that banana yeah. sound. So ah, that was the end of the banana fingers. Man. Even the ending had a banana fingery aspect. I love the part it. where in, the, in the, like early in the middle, it's like talking. It's like... It's like it was talking. Like it, yeah, I thought about that. And I was like, "That's a good idea as a way to communicate." Yeah, we, and it was no plan. Just like yeah, hit the yeah. record button and go. But I've been looking at some of these old recordings I've been doing with like all this COVID crap going on, and yeah, just like 
clipping stuff and putting it through compression and to get a better handle on recording and on recording and stuff like that. So we need to collaborate. Let's do it, man. Michael one twenty. Finally, where can people find you, my friend? People can find me on Instagram under 120360. That's O-N-E-T-W-E-N-T-Y 360. And you can also find me on Spotify under 120. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Japan Wet Podcast. Be sure to check out my brand new jam on presale. Too deep. I forgot, <laughs> forgot the name I, of it. You're for so a close. You're almost, I was like, man, this guy's been oh wait. Oh man, man. All yeah, right. And yeah. uh, this podcast is available on all streaming platforms. Just search Japan What Podcast and start streaming worldwide. You can also check us out on the official website, MatthewPMBigelow.com. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-P-M-Bigelow.com. B-I-G-E-L-O-W.com. MatthewPMBigelow.com. You've been listening to the Japan What Podcast, blowing hot air to the back end of Tokyo, the armpit of Kabukicho. Thank you for listening, and catch you next time. King of the Ring.